How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Compile Swift podcast. I'm your host, Peter Whittem. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about a Swift UI-based application that I'm building. In particular, I want to talk about the way that I'm powering the application via a data source that is available to all of the views and can be updated from anywhere in the application. I think that this will be beneficial for some of you if you've not found a suitable way to do that yet. This one is certainly working for me. So let's go ahead and get started here. The first thing we should do is we should talk about how we used to do this. In conventional Swift applications and even Objective-C applications, but you know, I'm going to assume that the majority of the audience listening here is Swift-based or is using Swift. We would create data and we would pass that data around between views. It would be common, for example, if you were using, you know, storyboards and you were using prepare for segue, you would basically you would inject into your new view the data from your current view and that's how it would be used. And we would pass data around that way. This causes problems because very quickly that data would become out of sync and you'd have to manage passing this data around everywhere, re-rendering the views, maybe even saving the data to a file, something like that. This is where Swift UI is helping us out. We should quickly revisit and remind ourselves how Swift UI views are displayed on the screen because that's going to be very important here as to why we take this approach. Remember that a Swift UI view is built from a struct that describes the view. It's a declarative language, remember. Now, what that means is when the view is displayed, it's going to pull the data and any current state, and it's going to put all that together and display the view. That view will only be re-rendered if the state changes in some way and Swift says, okay, we've got to re-render the view. So that's why it's going to be important that we are always using the same data source and that our data source is always intact, synced, and up to date. Because when we re-render those views, we need to make sure that the data that we expect to see is the data that appears on the screen. Now to do that, Swift UI has something called the environment object. The environment object is a property wrapper. And what we do is we set it at a level where we want that view plus all of its child views, all of its subviews have access to whatever we define the environment object property wrapper to be. So we need to stop first of all and say, okay, where does it make sense to do that? So in the case of my application, I want it available to all the views in my application. So what I've gone ahead and done is in the, what would have been the app delegate. Okay. So in the, the, you'll find that whatever your project's called, there'll be a file with that project name and then app.swift. And this is where we set up the content view. Okay. It's a very simple file. You're just going to find a simple struct in there. And it's just going to say, you know, var body, some scene window group. And then it's probably going to say content view. Now, what we want to do, in my case, I attached this environment object to that content view. So what I'm really doing there is I'm saying, okay, my, my uppermost parent view of my application, I want this environment object available there. And by putting it there, it's going to be available to all of the views within that content view, within that structure. And stop and think about that for a second and let it sink in, right? Remember, it's going to be that view as the parent view and any other views that appear inside that view is they'll have access to this environment object. 
So that's why I've put it at the top level. If essentially I've said like view number one, right? The master parent view of my application. I want this environment object there so that all of my views underneath it can, can have access to it. So how do you do that? Well, where it says window group and then you've got content view and a couple of braces, all you need to do after that is put dot environment object. And if you go through the Apple documentation, you'll find plenty of examples. It's very simple. You're just going to say dot environment object. And then in the brackets, you need to tell it what that object's going to be. So in my case, I have a struct, sorry, a class that I've set up, which is a very simple class that has an array in it. And that array is going to act as my, my container for the data. Now let's talk about that class for a second, because there's two things we need to do with that class to make this work as an, for the environment object. Firstly, that class has to be compatible with the observable object protocol. So you're just going to put, you know, your class followed by the name, then you go colon, observable object, and away you go. The other thing it's going to need is a published property. Now, what that means is this published property is what we will have access to throughout our application. And to set that up, all we do is we create a variable like we normally would. But in front of that variable there, you're going to put the at sign and the word published. So it's at published. So in my case, it's at published var template list. And that type for that template list variable is an array or just a very simple struct that I have that contains an ID and a name string. And it just says equals an empty array. And that's it. It's set up there. It's ready to be published and we're ready to go with it. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll actually now implement accessing this environment object in the different views of our application. And I'll go through how that works. Time for a break. Break time over. Okay, so we've created our environment object. We have attached it to the content view. And now we're ready to start consuming and accessing and changing, manipulating whatever we want to do with that data. So any view that I want to work with this data in, all I have to do now is refer back to that environment object and Swift UI is going to figure out that that's what we're talking about here. And we're only going to have this one data source. So how do I do that? Well, in one of my views, what I've got is it renders out a list for me and I need that data obviously from the array. So at the very top of the struct for the view, all I need to do is I put at environment object var the template list colon front matter template list. Let me break that down for you. So at environment object and then var, that should be familiar by now. The template list is the name of the variable and then front matter template list is the type. And that is the same name as the class that I created earlier where we added the protocol compatibility and we added the published property. So once all that's in place, we now have access to the data from that environment object in this view. So in my case here, for example, in the list, I have a for each loop and I can just put in there for each. And then I go through, you specify in a for in the loop, you know, what you need to access. So it's going to be the template list and then dot. In my case, I have a function in there in that class. So I've got 
dot get template list and I just call that function and it just returns that array to me. And that's how I get the data. That's it. It's very straightforward. It probably sounds complicated. It took me a long time in, to understand how all of this works. And, you know, I've broken down for you in under 10 minutes here, something like that. What took me hours to figure out and to understand how all of this works. But that is the process for accessing that data. If you want to, you know, change that data, it's going to be the same thing. You can write your own functions in the class like you would. And you would just, again, once you've got that environment object set up in your view, you would just access it and then you would access the function or do whatever you want to do as if it's a normal class and it's going to respond accordingly. Hope this makes sense. I'm actually working on some video for this. So because it's very hard to talk through code in a podcast or, you know, just audibly talk about code as opposed to showing it. So I am putting a video together for this. It's not ready quite yet and probably a blog post that goes along with it. Keep an eye on compileswift.com for that. Or if you'd like to know when that video is available, you can use the contact form on compileswift.com forward slash contact. Just fill in the form and let me know, hey, you know, just let me know when this video is available so I can follow through and understand this. And I'll be more than happy to let you know. This is actually a very good way of working because it ensures that our data source is always up to date. And the important part about the published here is if we change the data, but Swift doesn't know that the data has changed, it's never going to re-render your views for you. And this is a common problem. This is one of the problems that I hit up at first. I, I could see the data source was changing. My views were not re-rendering. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why until I stopped and remembered that, you know, if the state of the view doesn't change, or if the state of the app, I should say, doesn't change, Swift is never going to re-render any view that's using that data source. And once I put all those together and discovered the published property, suddenly everything made sense because the published property essentially transmits and says, you know, hey, something's changed. Swift, you need to re-render any views using this. And of course, if we've got one on the screen already, it's going to re-render that view for us. That's how this works. Like I said, the video, I think, will help you understand this um, a lot more. But if you go through the, the Apple developer documentation and you look up environment object and published properties, I think it's going to make sense to you very quickly when you're going through and listening to the explanation that I have in here. I hope this has been helpful. It really was a nightmare for me to learn this coming from the old school way of doing things. But now that I understand how this works, it's just beautifully simple and leaves me with very clean code. That's it. Take care of yourselves. Reach out to me at CompileSwift on Twitter or on Instagram or CompileSwift.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, share this with anyone. You know, if you're, especially if you're a team working on moving over to Swift UI views, it can take a little while to wrap your heads around it. That's it, folks. Take care. Speak to you.